my friends welcome to known a podcast where we sit down with individuals who have a platform in the pursuit of authenticity man we chat a little bit about their lives and the battles and burdens that they faced along the way and if this is your first time joining us welcome Man, we're so glad you're here and you chose a great week to tune in because this week we're going to listen in on a conversation that I got to have with Miss Carrie Beamer. Now, Carrie, she's ridiculously fit, like ridiculously fit. You can check out her Instagram. She is passionately faithful to the call that God has put on her life. And overall, guys, I've never met Carrie in person, but we've had a few conversations. And just from consuming her content, she has this contagious amount of joy about her presence. And that's a gift that she walks in so well. So, man, I would just encourage you guys to listen in, go follow Carrie on social media, and just tune into the life that she is living so faithfully. You guys, we got to chat a little bit about her past struggle with an eating disorder, her path to healing through authentic community that she found and that she's growing in. And we also got to talk about some of the things that she's currently learning because we're all still growing. We're all rough drafts of the people that we're becoming. And so Carrie was very honest and vulnerable with us, and it was an amazing time getting to chat with her. You guys, if if this is your first time tuning in or maybe it's not, hey, we like to say that known is not really a podcast. It's a conversation that we want you to sit in on. We want you to pull up a chair, sit at the table with us, drink a cup of coffee with us and have a conversation. And so because of that, our sponsor for this podcast is Cody Coffee Company, where you can get 25% off some of the best coffee that you'll ever have by using the code known at checkout. That is CodyCoffee.com. We're very thankful for them and grateful for them and the sponsorship and partnership that we have with them. I think that you guys are really going to enjoy this week, and I think that some of the things that Carrie's going to bring to the table are really going to impact your life. So, hey, tune in. Let us know what you think. Leave a rating and a review on iTunes because iTunes really likes that, and it helps us out. And, hey, go have a great week, guys. We love you. We're here for you. Let us know if we can be praying for you. Carrie, thank you much, so much for joining us today. Um, I know we had some technical difficulties, and you were very gracious and patient with us, so thank you for that. How are you doing today? Oh, good. Super good. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, it'd be better if we didn't have all the difficulties, but hey, we got it figured out. So um, just wanted to check in. We are post 19.5. We were just chatting a little bit before we got on the air about it. Um, what you think? How are you feeling? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm feeling good other than the quads are really sore, but that means I pushed it hard. So I'm happy with that. Um, my arms feel good, ready to hit it one more time tomorrow. Cause why not? <laughs> Got one more day. Might as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Finish strong. Huh? That's Every awesome. little second matters. So Absolutely. Yeah. where are you sitting right now in the open carry? You know, I actually try to not look at the leaderboard very I much. Love that. Um, because it can really get in your head <laughs> and past years I've been so obsessive about just like watching it, you know, tick by over the weekend and no one posts their scores until like last second anyways. So yeah. I try not to look at it, but the last few weeks I've been creeping up. Um, I think last time I checked, I was, I was in the top 40. So happy with that. Awesome. Very cool. Is that hard for you not to check? Cause it's like your way of life basically. Um, this year, no, it's not hard for me to, I, I have not been fully consumed by the open at all this year. I even wasn't going to sign up for it, honestly. So, um, really, yeah, yeah. I let's, just, let's talk about it. Why not? <laughs> yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you're willing to talk about it. No, for sure. Um, because this last year has been very busy with lots of traveling for, different events and work and people and then felt like my last six months of routine were just kind of thrown off I got um pneumonia and influenza at the same time right as the new year kicked off so (laughs) (laughs) way to bring in 2019 (laughs) (laughs) you've ever had one of those they don't they don't make you any fitter I'm just gonna say (laughs) so absolutely I, w- I don't know. I just I didn't feel like in the right mindset two weeks before the open, which is making me super nervous. And um, my coach and I chatted and he was like, you know, we could just do it as as like a training effect and um, keep training throughout it because you don't need to taper and, and just hit the workouts like you would any other workout in training. And um, you can sign up or not, not sign up. And I was like, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to sign up. I like texted my friends and family. and was just like, hey, heads up doing the open, but you know, we're going to keep training through this. And then, and then I sit down to do 19 one on the rower. Like I hit my wall balls, sit down the rower and then 
I'm right across from my training partner, um, Chanel Higby, who's a master's athlete. And, and I start pulling for calories and I'm like, oh man, I'm totally doing the open. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't not do it a hundred percent, you know? (laughs) No, absolutely. And that's why you're so good at it too. So (laughs) it makes a lot of sense. Is that hard? I think I was actually just having a conversation. So I'm not a high level CrossFit athlete. I just like to do it to stay in shape, look good with my shirt off and still compete in something. Um, But I was just talking with someone how like even someone like me and the girl that I was talking with is kind of on the same level. She's probably a little better than I am, but um, it's, it's hard for us. Even we, neither of us did the open this year, but it was like, Mm -hmm. there was like this identity issue, even though we didn't do the open, it's not even our way of life. Yeah. We still kind of had this hard, like this hard breakup with the open. Is that tough? Like what was that battle? Like kind of is, I think, as CrossFit athletes, a lot of people face that identity issue of the leaderboard or placing their worth and where they place in these, these open workouts that come out once a week and everyone's kind of just giving it their all and doing their best. Uh, what's that like for you in terms of trying not to get your identity wrapped up in that and being willing to even say, Hey, maybe I need to take a year and just kind of step away from that. Yeah. Oh, that's why. Yeah. That's been huge. That's like been my theme this entire year is like my identity is not found in CrossFit and trying to get out of that mode. Um, so my thought process going into the open was more like, Hey, 10 years down the road and I'm not competing. Hopefully I have like a family and kids and I'm still doing CrossFit, but not, you know, six hours a day and not my entire, not my entire life's based on being competitive. Um, I still want to be able to do the open and I still want to be able to look at the leaderboard for fun and not just hate myself, you know? <laughs> and if my identity's found in that, then I'm sure not going to be able to do that. And I'm not going to be a good example for my kids. I'm not going to be a good example for um, athletes I coach. If I can't do that now, when I'm probably at one of the fittest times of my life, like, how am I going to do that later? So I don't know. I just, I got in that headspace and then I was like, oh, yeah, of course I'm doing the open. Like, it'd be silly not to because. When it comes down to it, like what really matters, like my identity is in Christ and it's in so much more than just like your ranking and CrossFit on an online, you know, sheet. It's like, it's <laughs> really not that big a deal. Like, okay, so I'm not the fittest in the world. That's uh, okay. Yeah. No one, no one else really cares. <laughs> exactly. And I love that. I love, that's one of the things I love whenever I chat with Cole, he's like Cole Sager for people listening. Uh, mm-hmm. He's like. I'm just really good at working out fast. And for some reason people think it's cool, you know, yeah, <laughs> like totally. that's really all it is, but <clears throat> no, I and think it, that's and awesome. And it is cool. Like it is awesome. And I, I love what I do and I love, like, I get it. I get why all the other competitors do it too. Um, but yeah, when, when it comes down to it, like I should be fine if CrossFit went away, like I want to be okay, you know? Absolutely. And I think that's such a good question to ask yourself with anything. So for you, it's like CrossFit, but mm-hmm. if tomorrow this doesn't exist, does it completely change the trajectory of my life and how, who mm-hmm. I am and how I carry myself, you know? Yes. Um, so it's very encouraging to hear that you're already asking yourself that question and kind of moving forward with that. But Hey, so Carrie, we put the cart before the horse a little bit, but can we tell people <laughs> a little bit, people who aren't familiar with you, maybe don't follow you on Instagram yeah. uh, a little bit about who you are, where you're from a little bit about your upbringing, maybe where you went to school, what you studied, stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm from a small town called Linden, Washington, it's just north of Seattle, actually right on the Canadian border. So if you go north of Seattle and then head up to Canada right before you cross the border, that's where Linden is. And um, it's a little farm town. Grew up here um, playing outside, distance running, skiing, mountain biking, horse riding, all that stuff. And then um, I moved to Montana for a couple years and then came back about two years ago Um I did started doing CrossFit in like 2012 after pretty much over running <laughs> with distance running. I've I'm up like once I start getting into something, I'm like all in. So I did the same thing with running as I do with CrossFit now. <laughs> um, and I had stress fractures and shin splints and all that stuff. Couldn't run anymore. Didn't know what to do because I like to work out and wanted to stay in shape. Um, my brother-in-laws were doing CrossFit. They said, Hey, you'd really like this. And I tried a class and then, um, I wanted to stay and do the class again when I <laughs> finished. So I signed up right there and came back 5 30 AM the next day and then would 
go to 5.30 a.m., go to work as a medical assistant at an orthopedic surgeon's office, and then come back and do the 5.30 p.m. class and try to beat my time. So I did that for a couple years, and then then the coaches were like, hey, do you want to just do like some something different in the afternoon? <laughs> you don't have to do the same class. So Yeah, so I just kind of I started doing that and then got my food on track, which was a whole battle in itself. Um, struggled with an eating disorder at a young age. Um, and we can get into that if you want later. And yeah, no, we'll, we'll dive into that. And, uh, and then, yeah, once my food got on track, then I started actually being able to develop some kind of muscle over top of what I'd already been building with like endurance training. And, uh, then I did like a team competition, I think. And that, that kind of lit the fire underneath, like, Oh, I I really like this. Like, this is really fun. I got done. I was like, when's the next one? When can we do this again? (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it was like the team stuff really captivated me because just, you know, competing with other people and, and like going through the highs and lows together. And then, I don't know, that just, that was such a thrill and so bonding. Um, I just wanted to do it again and then tried to make it to regionals, finally made it to regionals. And here I am trying to make it to the games. So, yeah. That's awesome. Do you have any plans as far as like sanctioned events go or the open goes, or are you just kind of taking it as it comes or what's, are you, are you willing to share your plan of attack or? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and it's a plan now it might change. Um, but Right now, obviously, finish the Open tomorrow and then train for Granite Games and then train for the October Open. So that's the plan so far. Awesome. Very cool. So you kind of got into CrossFit and did all that stuff. I want to jump right into the eating disorder kind of stuff because I think that's something that it's it, there's a stigma to it right and there's things that people don't want to talk about i think surrounding that mm-hmm. and one of the cool things i actually pulled up here one of your instagram posts that's one of my favorite you posted on december 17th for people who want to go back and find it um it's a before and after picture of you and it says this this versus that it's your eating disorders uh mm-hmm. versus eating measured pur- purposeful amounts of quality food is mm-hmm. one your two is attacking my strengths versus attacking my weaknesses and your three is people pleasing self-doubt and fear versus learning boundaries confidence in christ and hope being restored so i don't know i think we talked a little beforehand on this and i think those three things really encompass a lot of your values your pillars that you try to kind of build your life on um, yeah so i thought it'd be cool if we could kind of dive into all three of those starting with kind of the whole eating disorder kind of thing and how, developing a healthy relationship with food and kind of um, how you did that kind of how you've you've grown through that and some of the darker points of and like that's a hard thing to get through that's not a cakewalk right yeah for sure it's not um and mine wasn't I mean not everyone's battle is different mine wasn't even near as serious as some some people go through of course but um not to downplay it but uh yeah so the way it kind of started was in middle school um I started noticing that like certain foods didn't make me feel very good. And I'd have just really intense stomach pain um, to the point where I just, I wouldn't eat because it hurt. Like it wasn't, it wasn't by choice because I wanted to get skinny. It was just like, I was afraid of the pain because it was Hmm. that debilitating. (laughs) Um, Went to a bunch of doctors. My parents were amazing being just right on top of it. Uh, Couldn't really figure it out other than later started like eliminating different foods like dairy and gluten and, stuff like that, um, kind of got it under control. By then I had lost like plenty of weight and was running distance in cross country and track. And I realized like, Oh, I lost like, I don't know, 15, 15 plus pounds. Like I can run a lot faster now. (laughs) And I was not overweight. So I was now underweight and I was realizing like, this is good. Um, I'm, my times are going down. I like how I look better as I like, girl growing up, you know, you start looking in the mirror and realizing like, Oh, I kind of care about what people think about me. Um, and that just, that just kind of cascaded into just cutting as many calories as I possibly could and getting into this dark head space where I just, I was so afraid of what food was going to do to me. And I would try to work out and work out and work out so I could eat, you know, and now the flip side in CrossFit is like the beautiful thing is like, Oh, no food helps you. Like it's fuel. It's what makes you be able to do all this awesome stuff. I mean, it's one of the, one of the pieces and it's important. So, um, yeah, I got really underweight. I, it ended up kind of overlapping into other parts of my life where I I lost friends because of it. Cause I just was not able to socialize like a normal girl in my group of friends. Um, 
it was a really hard time. <laughs> and yeah. the only people I really had was my family, um, my horse <laughs> that I grew up <laughs> with. Like, you know, he got it. He understood. He didn't care. <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, so it, it went into other, other decisions in my life of like, Oh, I was, I was trying to find worth in so many other things that weren't God. Like, and I didn't even realize it. I went to a Christian school. Like my parents are, you know, I grew up in a Christian family, all that was surrounding me, but still I was like, I'm trying to fill this void with something like control over my food, control over my appearance. Um, guys I dated, like trying to find my worth in like all these other places. And, uh, yeah, it's really, it's really been up until the last, I don't know, last two years that it's kind of started clicking with me. Like the food thing got under control with CrossFit. Like I said, that the, using it as fuel and having it be a positive thing, um, to what I'm trying to do really helped. And then, you know, surrounding yourself with better people who are going to give you life and to take it away and are going to like support the values that you hold like really, really dear to your heart rather than, you know, mock them or, or not care about them. Um, so all those things kind of have played a role in like just making God number one. And that's, that's why I'm here today. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that's so huge. Um, placing your identity in something that can't be taken from you. Right. Yeah. In terms of like, for me, the only thing I've ever found is God, you know, <laughs> like yeah. if it, if it's in being the fittest, if it's in being the prettiest, if it's in being the skinniest or whatever you yep. insert, fill in the blank. Uh, all those things have always been, had the ability to be taken from me and mm-hmm. that, I feel like the most stressed I've ever been in my life is when I have one of those things at, at the pinnacle, even if it's a mm-hmm. good thing, right? Like a good gift from God can be a bad thing if it's made the ultimate. Um, yes. And so did you kind of find that that was it was like image kind of the ultimate at that point in your life or was it more your performance or kind of what do you think was um, to a listener who's maybe struggling with that? Uh, what mm-hmm. would your advice be? Maybe like, hey, like, I know you want to perform well. I know you want to look really good. I know you want to do those mm-hmm. things but you're going about it in a different way than maybe you could, you know, how could you speak to that? Yeah. I think it's changed over the years. I think I hopped from one to another trying to be like, God, this isn't working anymore. Like it's almost like, it's almost like a drug. Like like people, I mean, I've never like dabbled in that, but I kind of get it when people start talking about it. Like they went from one drug and that wasn't enough. So I had to go to alcohol and then I had to go to this. It's like, I think I did that with food and then I did it with people and then I go back to food and be like, oh, like now this, this person's failing me. Like, like now I, now at least I can starve myself and like how I look, you know? Oh, well shoot. Like I ate too many, too many of this. Like, oh shoot. Okay. This person needs me like trying to go back and forth. And it's just like this never ending battle that doesn't work out in the end. It doesn't give you what you want. Like it doesn't fulfill what you're looking for. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Like we just actually last night, it was so crazy. There's, I go to church on Saturday nights. Um, okay. And uh, the sermon was like on this topic, which has just been on my heart recently um, in thinking about this podcast too, specifically. And they were talking about um, people searching for their identity, like in people and activities and professions in their own possessions, like even in politics, like talking about like, Oh, we're so mad that like this president isn't doing what we want. Like, why isn't he doing that? It's like, okay, well, like when it comes down to it, like he's human, you know, yeah. or she's human or like, oh, I'm trying to think of the word. Um, I need to look at my notes, but <laughs> it was just, it was like, it was so powerful. Like they were talking about the exact same thing. Um, like, where are we finding our security? Where are we finding our identity? And like looking at something with, um, this was the word, eyes of worship versus like eyes of love. And I thought like, oh, that was just going down my list of like, nope, people always fail me. Like if I worship a person, even like you said, even if it's like a a beautiful gift from God, like this person who's been placed in your life and it's so good and it's like nothing about it should be bad. But if you place them above God, like they're going to fail you. Mm, Absolutely. (laughs) Even like even doing even doing CrossFit, like being really successful and being a good example and eating, you know, really good food, like all that it doesn't even compare. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some ways, Carrie, that you found that help you keep your identity in Christ, that keep it in 
your relationship with God? How do you keep that first? Um, I know it's it's probably if you're anything like me, it's something you you battle and you stumble forward and you do it imperfectly, but it's something that you strive to keep at the forefront of your life. Uh, mm-hmm. What what are some things that you found that maybe if you have a propensity to go back or lean back or fall back onto some of these other things that you can have placed your identity in the past, uh, what yeah. kind of helps you reorient it, reorient and captivate that thought? Mm. Um, I've done a terrible job at it in the past. I'm going to be honest, like so bad. Um, I went through a period of like, I didn't go to church for, you know, every Sunday, like not that churches is, is the most important thing, but you know, it kind of snowballs into like, oh, I don't go for one Sunday. Oh, it's kind of nice to sleep in. Oh, no, make up another reason. Um, and then pretty soon, you know, like I haven't gone for like six months. Oh, my goodness. Like that happened to me when I lived in Montana. And and then it spirals into, well, like what music are you listening to? Oh, I always listen to the stuff that's just on at the gym. I'm just kind of starting to like that. Nothing wrong with that. But like you got to be so careful about what you're looking at, what you're hearing, what you're talking about, who you're talking like who the people around you are and what they're talking about. Um, so to answer your question, like number one, probably the people that I choose to be around the people that I let like really, really deep into my life and share, um, like my heart with those are really important. Those make a big difference to me personally. Um, having meaningful conversations with them, and being able to talk about like hard life stuff and then like really awesome life stuff. And I talked about like life giving people earlier, um, choosing, choosing to be around those in your daily routine has been a really big deal. Um, and I guess for me making the choice, like if, if the people who are in your life are not like that, knowing that you're not stuck, like there is a way out and knowing that you can make the choice to be like, Hey, I I need, I need to choose like life instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's okay. Like it's okay to, it's okay to set boundaries. I think you said boundaries earlier and like, that's been a big, that's been a big deal for me. Um, another thing, and it's just simple daily routine. Like first thing I do when I wake up and I've had to make this a habit and now it is, um, turn off my alarm. <laughs> yeah. And then, and the first thing I do is like, I look at like I, I, I'm sure most people look at their phone, but I like make sure the first thing I look at on my phone is like this Bible app that has, you know, Bible verse of the day. And that's the first thing I read. The first thing that goes through my head, like usually I dream a lot and, and I wake up from a dream, my alarm goes off and normally I'm like flooded with like, Oh wait, what day is it? Like, Oh, the dream. <laughs> I'm all confused. And then, then the first thing that centers me is like reading this verse. Okay. Yeah, I can do this. And then next thing I do, I'll like walk into the bathroom. I have like a portable speaker. I'll turn my speaker on go to my Spotify playlist. It's like, I named it passion (laughs) a long time ago. And I just left it there. Even if it's cheesy, I don't really care. (laughs) Um, and I, I just turn that on shuffle and it's like, it's all, it's all Christian music. It's all, um, it's all stuff I need to hear first thing. And that kind of sets the tone for my day. So I, I feel like those little choices have made a very, very big difference in my life rather than turning on like a show or like some, I don't know, some other kind of music, which I also like, but first thing, like I need that to feed me. Absolutely. That's so good. I think there's, there was a quote that I posted on my Instagram a couple of weeks back and it was, uh, mm. by, by Stephen Furtick. And he said that joy is a focus before it's a feeling. Um, mm, and so he was, so he was making the point that like, there's this choose joy revolution kind of going around right now, you know? And yeah. it's like, how much can you really choose a visceral feeling? You know, like yeah. how much yeah. can you really like, I'm gonna be happy. And then life happens. It's like, man, it's a lot harder to to be (laughs) joyful than it is just to say choose joy. Um, But he was making the point that like you can't necessarily choose your visceral feeling, but what you can choose is your priority and your perspective. Um, Mm -hmm. And so with you saying that, that's kind of what I was hearing was like, man, like I can't choose to be happy every day. I can't choose my visceral feeling, but I can choose to prioritize God. I can choose to make him my first fruits. I can choose Mm -hmm. to wake up every morning, read a little bit of scripture listen mm-hmm. to music. My dad always said garbage in, garbage out when we grew up. And so I think yeah. that's, that's so true. It um, is. <laughs> and hearing you say that, it's just, I don't know. I love that. I think one of the things that God's teaching me the most right now is that we, everything we do is training, right? Whether it's mm-hmm. good, good or bad, you're developing a habit. And so it's, it's super encouraging to hear you kind of say that, like, 
I mean, like I'm still trying to force habits, right? I like the term forcing mm-hmm. habits because people think that habits just happen and that's just not the truth. Oh, and so, <laughs> no. and so <clears throat> I love that because it's like, man, I can right? like you can train yourself to not go to church every Sunday. Yeah. And by, by not going once, you're kind of you're setting the pace like you got a one 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 Sunday streak. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. And now sure. you're, you're training yourself in that. But you can also train yourself like. I gotta, I'm going to wake up early and I'm going to go, I'm going to get in the word. And so I think mm-hmm. it's, it's cool that training, the word training is so, um, often just placed with the gym. Right. And it's so often oh, placed yeah. with weights and placed with all this stuff. But I think so much in, from a biblical perspective, from where God is, has us and the things that he teaches us, like mm-hmm. so much of our life is training, right. It's not just mm-hmm. at the gym. Um, so I love hearing you say that, but, um, I want to jump, not necessarily shifting gears cause it's something you've already been talking about. But I know from following you on Instagram and I know from uh, just a little bit of conversation that we've had, community is a huge pillar in your life. Um, And I think the the sermon at my church this morning was actually talking about how uh, God's one of God's methods to helping with depression was with relationship. Right. And so. Yeah. Um, he was using the story of Elisha and how it, when Elijah was crying out to God, he brought him Elisha. And so mm-hmm. I think that. um I don't know. It sounds like with the eating disorder and with some other issues that maybe you've had to struggle with and battle with and some of the burdens that God has placed in your life that the community has been a consistent pillar that you know you can go back to and get energy from. Uh, can yeah. you kind of talk a little bit about that, how important it is to have community in your life, what it's meant to you? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to like try not to get emotional while I talk about this. <laughs> it does mean a lot to me because even just hearing you say this, it like makes me all like tear up. Um, and that's like happy tears. I just, I'm so appreciative of the people that God has put in my life now because I can say not that long ago, like I just, I didn't have, I didn't have the people around me that I have now and man, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's see, there's a lot to this, to this one. <laughs> I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to not like drag it up too much, but yeah, from so yeah, starting in high school, I'd say I lost a lot of friends um, because I distanced myself from them because I was embarrassed about the eating disorder and and they didn't. I mean, they're just high schoolers. Like they didn't know how to treat me. It's fine, you know, whatever. It's they weren't trying to be mean. Um, and then made poor poor choices in who I dated um, because of, I was trying to fill that void of like. Oh, someone needs me like, Oh, almost dating, you know, the cliche of like dating a project because it was like, it was fulfilling that like, Oh, they they really do need me. Like I can help, (laughs) I can help them. Like, this is so good. Like I, they love me because I'm helping them. Like that's, that was what my young, young head was thinking. And Mm -hmm. I didn't even know it at the time. I just was like, Oh, this, like, I really care about this person and I want them in my life. But, but out of that, you know, have you ever heard of like the the analogy of um, um, the people's like cup of water, they're like pouring, pouring, pouring their water into this other person's cup. And you know, in a healthy relationship, you know, you guys are like pouring water into each other's cup, like back and forth, give and take, um, filling each other up, you know, when you need it and back and forth. But I've always been that person who just has like given way too much and been focused on like, oh, if this person in my life who's really important to me isn't okay, like then I'm not okay. Like it's all consuming. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially if there's a lot of other issues going on with the person who's close to you. And, um, and so, yeah, through that, through maybe people I've dated and, and been close with is like, they've sucked a lot of life out of me. And that's my own choice of being like a tiny bit of a pushover in those years. Um, and I look back on that realizing like, okay, that was not the right thing. Um, gotten confidence <laughs> and, and realized like my identity can't be found in these people. Um, but that made me not have a whole lot of friends or like a strong group of friends, um, even distanced me from my family a little bit. And, um, yeah, I would say I lost myself because of the poor choices of people I, I was around. And, um, now after creating some boundaries the last two years, uh, moving back here to Linden, um, being at a gym where, or the people around me, like they truly care about like me as a person, not just CrossFit. <laughs> um, and they're, they're my best friends. And then, and having my family here too, 
very nearby and also yeah great you did the, got this time on a workout cool good job Curry. like we're so proud of you we'll come cheer you on but oh you got five seconds slower good job like we it's fine you know we yeah. we just care about who you are like how what's going on in your life outside of crossfit um and having those people like all around and then even like the athletes that i get a coach I don't know, just developing that bond with them through CrossFit, but also through like really important conversations about what's going on in their lives and then sharing what's going on in my life and even talking about faith a little bit or like bringing them to church. Um, I'm not super into like, you know, shoving it down people's throat. Like people know I believe in God and I want them to know that. Um, I want them to like, when they think of me, like they, they know that. Like, that's not a question. Like, um, but I also don't want it to be a forced upon thing because mm-hmm. in the end it should be your choice. So, yeah. um, that's uh, a hard, that's a hard balance, huh? It's very hard, <laughs> especially when it's, it's, yeah, especially when it's like number one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, I don't know. I just, I've just seen such a brighter light. I mean, I don't even, there's probably a great picture for it, but everything has become so much brighter, so much like more full of color, made so much more sense. Um, My future has become so much more hope-filled because of letting these people in. Um, I can't even, I can't even really put words to it. I think I was depressed before. Like, I would never say I'm a person who suffers from from depression. Um, But looking back, like, I think I was because of the place I had kind of found myself in and and not, and by not putting boundaries up. yeah, man, people are so, people are so important in good and bad ways. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I, I always tell people the people make the place. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think it's been a really hard year for me and my wife because we've been living in Dallas and we don't know many people. And it's so, so hard when that happens. Yeah, yeah. So like our community has just been like, not where we're used to having it, which God is using it for our growth, but it's without a doubt, I would say the same thing. Like I, I would never belittle depression by saying I, I struggle with depression. Yeah. Um, but without a doubt have gone through periods of depression this year yeah. um, because of that, because, and I, the only thing I can attribute it to is a lack of community. And mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, for me, I always go back to like, like Jesus was only here for a short while and he even built a community around himself, you know? Yep. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, for me, I don't know. I, I love communicating and chatting with people who, who see the value of community. Cause I think it's so rare. Um, mm. So few people now, I think, understand that like building relationships is a gift, you know, and like building relationships is something that's worthwhile and it's something that, uh, that's going to take work. Uh, how have yeah. you kind of found that, that you can facilitate community to someone who maybe doesn't have it or someone who, uh, maybe they're struggling with depression and maybe this will be the light bulb moment of like, man, maybe I need to get around some people. Um, how can yeah. you encourage someone into kind of finding that? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I'm not an extrovert by nature at all. Um, I like my alone time. I like to not be in crowds of people. And so when I found myself kind of in those darker, darker places, I think that's a, a kind of a form of being or a symptom of being depressed is like the times where you probably should go out and be with people are the times where that's the last thing you want to do. Like, oh, I just can't wait to just be alone, be at home, wake up in the morning. Like, I just remember days like waking up and like, I did not want to be awake. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to wake. I wanted to go back to sleep and that's mm. super unlike me. Normally I jump out of bed and like, let's go train. Let's yeah. go play. Let's go outside. Let's go do something really awesome today. And, and I had many months there where like, I would wake up and I just felt like sad and, Oh, like the last thing I want to do is go coach a class. Like that's not like coaching for one hour. That sounds too hard. Like I need to just be at home and do nothing and not be around anyone. And then if days and days go by like that, like the, the darker and like sadder it gets, like, it's not, it's not healthy. It's not helpful. It's not what God created us to be is like, he created other people for a reason. Like Mm -hmm. he created Adam and then like, then he created Eve, like right afterwards, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's a reason why, um, cause we need each other for so many different things. And, um, so I, I think there's not really like a simple secret, like key to this, but like, you kind of have to make yourself. And if you can't get yourself out the door to go hang out with your friends or go to a CrossFit class or, um, go have a meal with, with family or something. Um, then like, if you have one person in your life, even just like one person that you can 
like not be embarrassed in front of just tell them like, Hey, I need you to force me to do this. Like mm-hmm. drag me out of my house right now. Cause like, I'm not okay. And like, I can't tell anyone else I'm not okay, but I can tell you this and like, just make me do this right now. Cause I know I'll be fine in an hour. Just like, help me. Like, I think speaking up and asking for help and hmm. that's probably the overused term, you know, and it goes to like, goes probably to counseling goes to, you know, more serious topics, but, um, yeah, like it's okay to ask for help. It's really necessary. And like, I see a Christian counselor and I've seen him for, I don't know, over a year now. And it's really, really been a huge thing in my life. Um, even like in really dark times too. Um, I remember just being overwhelmed with like my daily list. Like I had too much stuff to do. And I just remember like crying in the car and it was just cause I was going through a really, really tough time. And I, and my counselor had told me like, your mom always asks you, she texts you and says, Hey, like, what do you need help with today? And I never want to ask for help because hmm. I have a little bit of pride, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. I'm 27. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to take too much advantage of like a really, really kind person in my life. But yeah, one day I just, I called her and I was bawling and I was like, I, I really, I need you. Like, I need you to just come over and like do laundry with me. Cause like, Cause I'm not okay right now and it's okay to ask for help. I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned is yeah. If you're, if you're going through depression, like don't try to do it alone. Absolutely. So, so what's the impact that just a single moment of vulnerability can have in someone's life? Oh, right? um, everything. Yeah, exactly. A single moment of vulnerability. I, I remember so distinctly making that phone call to my mom and it, and I was embarrassed. Like that's not cool to do <laughs> um, when you're an adult and, but yeah. You have to like, or else you're going to just be stuck. Absolutely. And I don't know. I just think there's so many people trying to go about it alone and that's just not what we're called to do. Whether Mm -hmm. you, I mean, whether you're a Christian, whether you're not, even psychology is telling you that's not what you should be doing, you know? Yeah, totally. So I think the, there's a quote that I heard that says depression compels us to not do what we must do to recover. And so it's just like, man, like everything, I don't want to get out of bed, even though that I need to probably get out of bed and go be active in order to not Mm -hmm. be struggling with this and stuff. Um, Yeah. Even the food, it it like makes you want to Mm -hmm. eat bad food. And it's like, hey, well, that's going to make it even worse. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It's like almost like you should just swim upstream from everything you're thinking. Yeah. Just do the opposite and you'll probably be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So how, what was that like? What was the kind of like from an emotional standpoint of having to humble yourself and reach out, step out in a level to a level of vulnerability? I know I've had a few of those even just this year with my wife of like, man, Mm. I got to kind of kind of bear this to you know like I'm supposed to be the leader I'm supposed to be the guy I'm supposed to blah 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 but it's like I mean we're called to bear each other's burdens and so I guess with that like what's that like for you because in giving someone else your burden you know that you're you're taking the weight off yourself and kind of giving it to them right yeah (laughs) it's been really hard I don't know if I have really figured that one out perfectly Mm -hmm. yet I know it has not I have not figured out perfectly (laughs) uh I have I have like this ongoing need to like say thank you. Like, and cause I'm so worried that the person that I'm thanking doesn't actually realize like how grateful I am for them. <laughs> and I have this fear that like, they're never going to fully understand like how much I care about them and how like, you know, do you know what I mean? Like I, I yeah. can't communicate it in words enough to them. Um, <laughs> and so then that kind of goes into shame, which is, not a good feeling at all and it's unnecessary and it's it zaps your energy so um man I don't know I think just letting people love you and that just comes with time and listening to people's words for what they are and not trying to filter them through your own you know messed up head we all have different burdens and baggage we carry from other other times in our lives. And I think sometimes we hear the words, but they get interpreted differently to our own head and like trying to listen to them as like truth. If you have a person or if you have a group of people in your life that, you know, deep down, like you can believe them no matter what, like believe those words Hmm. and try not to, to like turn them into something negative. If, if they're trustworthy people and you know it, like try to cling to that. And you, if you believe like, God's might be speaking through them to you, like cling to it. Cause, cause he uses people to talk to you and like, 
you got to listen or else or else you're going to just be in your own head over and over again and, and not really go anywhere. Does that answer your question? I kind of spiraled. No, absolutely. Have you found that God speaks to you mostly through people? Oh, um, people, music, um, you know, words that you read in like my devotionals or in obviously Bible verses. But yeah, people for sure. Yeah, I think that's so huge. And it's the one that I'm most resistant to, I think, because I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. like, why would God use them? You know, kind of yeah. <laughs> it's and my then, own pride. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like I have this, this other fear that something's like too good to be true. Um, you know what I mean? Like when people say something really, really hopeful or, or even like a compliment or something, and I want to believe it, but I'm so afraid to get like let down again that I can't. So that's a process right now is for sure. Like is believing like, Oh, this could be really good, but, but what if not, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I want to, I want to dive a little more into something that you said about mm-hmm. your, your desire to appreciate sometimes can become shame. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's huge. And I think that's more profound than you may have thought. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I want you to kind of verbally articulate that a little bit more about, I think that's something that my wife deals with too, that she's, she's so thankful and she's so appreciative. And all she wants to know is that people to know, right. Is that like, man, I I love you. I'm so thankful for you. I want all these things. Um, but that expectation of appreciation can sometimes fall into this, like, man, like I'm kind of the worst, you know, like I don't appreciate people enough, you know? Um, Yeah. It's yeah. It's annoying. It's annoying to me. Like I'll (laughs) even be like driving and I'll think like, Oh my goodness. I did text that person back, but I don't know if I texted them exactly what I wanted to. Cause I was kind of multitasking. Like I should probably text them again and be like, Hey, just so you know, like I really, really like, like it was so good to see you today. And I can't wait to see you later this week and great job with, you know, your snatch or something like that's probably, you know, something to do with CrossFit and, and, uh, I don't know. I don't know why that is. <laughs> I wish I could put a finger on it, but I, and I wish it could go away. <laughs> I think it is gradually going away. But yeah, it's like this feeling of I love these people so much. And like, I, I don't know. I don't know what I do without them. And I just wish they would understand that. And they probably do. But it's something I should probably just shake off and be like, hey, thank you, God, for this person. I should probably pray about it. That's what I should do. You know, if I feel like if I feel like I can't communicate it to them enough, I should probably just be like, God, you are so awesome for placing this person in my life. Like, thank you. And, you know, leave it at that. Yeah. No, it's hard though. And I think, I mean, I don't know so much that I wanted an answer from you of like how to fix it as much as just you opening the door that like, yeah, this, <laughs> yeah. I struggle with this, you know, like, cause I think there's a lot of people that do. And I've found that in my life too, that you articulated it. And I was like, oh, I actually do that too a little bit. Um, yeah. Well, maybe which, I'm not the only one then. But. Yeah. Which is the cool thing about vulnerability, right? You're like, it's that connection of like, ah, you suck at that too. Okay, oh yes. Cool. You know, like I'm not alone. Um, the long list of things. Absolutely, I'm with you. I'm right there with you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I want to shift gears a little bit. Something that we've been talking about. Um, I've actually, uh, this just kind of came up last night. I was thinking about podcasting with you and yeah. Um, one of the things you talk about is kind of the early on, you maybe put your identity in, in some guys and stuff like that. And, yeah. um, I know you said for your stint to Montana, you moved there because of a guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk a little bit about just for you. So you're, you're a young, attractive female who's in the pursuit of a godly man. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's like, man, it's a, it's a tough time to be a godly woman looking for a godly man. Um, and I don't I just think my favorite phrase is by one of my favorite pastors, Matt Chandler says that, uh, there's a bunch of little boys that can shave running around. Right. And so like, <laughs> like <laughs> they look like men because they have facial hair and beards and maybe they've, I don't know who knows what they've done with their lives, <laughs> but they're really just little boys. And so mm-hmm. can you speak to a little bit to that just to encourage women, um, maybe encourage them with your walk, some of the struggles that you faced of, um, maybe you thought you had a godly man and that wasn't the case. Maybe you were pursuing the wrong things. Um, I don't know what that looks like for you, but I know it's a hard time to be a godly woman in pursuit of a godly man. Um, and so I think there's, there's a basis and a need for encouragement there. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard. Um, it's just, it's so important to know like who you are first. Um, not even just like going out and like looking for for a godly man or something, but like, if you aren't, 
if you aren't whole yourself, I don't know. I don't, I don't expect you to find someone equally whole. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's been my problem before, um, or struggle, not problem, but, but my struggle is that I was not ready to receive like an awesome gift maybe that, that I needed to wait for, um, in, in that like very whole godly man that you're referring to. Um, and that's okay, but it made the process a lot more painful <laughs> than it probably needed to be. Um, if I was like not in a rush or seeking my identity in other things. Um, so yeah, like, you want like advice from <laughs> from me <laughs> <laughs> just whatever from, you think is helpful from someone from someone who's like made poor decisions and then who's I, I would like to say making good ones now um yeah be really picky like you can be picky it's there's not a shortage of people even if you get told that like there's not a shortage of people and there are really good guys out there mm, like preach yeah there <laughs> are like i have tons of friends and they're awesome um and then there's some not so good ones too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's, that's, that's okay. Sure. They don't have to be for you. <laughs> um, you don't have to hate them or anything or judge them even. It's just like, that. you don't need to date them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Be picky and be really like, know that you're worth, know what your worth is and know that you're worth um, waiting for that, that specific person who's your person. Um, and you'll be really thankful when you did. Because it's not, it's not like the time you're going to put into someone who's like, oh, that kind of checks like the box. So like, yeah, I like him. It's okay. Like, that's not worth it, in my opinion. Like, don't, don't go for like, it should be like, it should be really clear to you. Um, and I'm, I don't know, like, I'm only 27, but I feel like I, I feel old. <laughs> I feel like I've lived a long time <laughs> um, in this especially in this realm of things. Um, and, and so I'm just, I'm not going to waste my time. Like if I don't really, really um, like a person in, in all the different ways that are important to me, if they don't, if they don't line up with first of all, my faith. And if, if we don't connect on that level and then also connect on, you know, all the other important levels where it's like, Oh, you know, you could talk and talk and talk and like not run out of things to talk about. And, Lots of, you know, you like to do the same stuff. Oh, you have fun together. Oh, you laugh together. Like all this really, really key stuff. Um, going through all those things, like they need to check off all that. And if and if a really big value isn't there, it's not going to be there later. Like, don't try to force something that's not there. Don't try to don't try to change a person when you're dating. I'm like, I can speak from experience. It does not work well. Um. Yeah, it just causes heartache for both of you. And so, yeah, I just say be picky. And yeah, like I said before, there's a lot of good guys out there. So wait yeah. for them. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think, I mean, like, to me, so I speak to high schoolers every once in a while. And it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, just set your standards so high that a guy has to like train, mm-hmm. train to get there, you know, yes, like to the totally. point, like, if we're talking high jump, like, you're going to get the elite guy that can yes. jump the bar. Like, any herd of morons can step over a two foot bar, you know? And so I think it ties back to, to how you're talking about boundaries earlier about like Mm -hmm. the importance of, for you setting boundaries in, in other areas of your life that, that allowed you to grow and flourish. I think there's huge boundaries that come in in the form of maybe priorities or standards or being picky, whatever you want to say. Um, I don't see girls nowadays. They're so scared to offend guys that they don't, they don't have a metric or a standard, you know, totally. it's like, if you don't know what you're looking for, how do you know what you're going to find? Like my yeah. favorite, one of my favorite analogies is like, you can't get to where you're going if you don't know where you are, right. Your GPS maps two locations where you're going and where your current location is. Yes. And so for sure. I don't know, I think so many girls aren't honest with where they are and they aren't honest about what they want. And so, yeah, I don't know. I think I just agree so much with what you're saying. And I love that you said that. Cause I think so many people tiptoe around like this idea that you should like, Oh, like, don't be too picky or you'll never find the right guy. It's like, screw that, you know? <laughs> like, no, there's, a, there's the right guy out there for you. You can be picky and, like, come around. Absolutely. Um, and I think, I, yeah, it's okay to, like, write them down, too. I don't know. I, I like, I really love writing. It's kind of just how I get thoughts out. And, like, I have, I remember texting my sister about 
oh, this, like, someday, this is what I want. And I think I was, like, just about to take off an airplane. I texted to her, and she's like, you got to screenshot that. Like, save that in your phone. Because it was just total, like, chicken scratch of just, like, random things. I was, you know, texting my sister without proofreading. But I saved it, and, like, I read it the other night. And I was like, yeah. Like, I want all that. And so write it down. Like, you can be specific. It's okay. And 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 I think one thing that I had written down was, like, I want someone who – who I don't feel good enough for. And that might sound really weird and bad. Not that I want to be like intimidated by him or anything like that, but, but to be like, wow, like he makes me want to be better. Like how cool would that be? And, and then hopefully he feels the same way about me too, you know? Absolutely. Right. Like you can only see people if you're running at the same pace or if they're ahead of you. Right. Yeah. And so to me, yeah. I try to advise people like, man, get the pace, the goal you're running towards is God. And when you mm-hmm. see someone ahead of you or you see someone running at your pace, like talk mm-hmm. to those people, you know? Yeah. Oh, I um, love that. Yes. Totally. <laughs> so I think that ties right into kind of what you were saying. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know. I think too, there's so much to like, so many people are like, God, when are you going to bring me the guy or when are you going to bring me the girl? And yeah, I don't know, for me, it's like, what does it matter if God brings you the right guy or the right girl when you're not the right person at that time? You yeah, know? Exactly. Like I think about if I would have met my wife in different stages of my life when I was just a total just whatever, <laughs> you fill in the blank. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, it's like it just wouldn't have worked the way that it worked when we did meet and in God's timing. Mm-hmm. And so um, honing your craft and working on the things in the season that God has you. And I think like, I think there's some intentional things that you'll be able to look back on and be like, wow, if I d- didn't communicate in that way, I don't know if we would have worked as well, you know. Oh, that's um, so true. Yeah. Oh, so. I'm just thinking. I'm um, yeah. It makes me like cringe <laughs> thinking years back. I'm like, oh yeah, wasn't ready. <laughs> wasn't ready to meet that person. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. And yeah. It. But if you put, if you put like your priorities in order, and you're not looking solely for that, you're actually looking to like grow your relationship with God first in all those different you know daily habits and choices you're making on the weekends and. And all, all that good stuff um, being poured into your life, then, then when the right person comes around and you guys line up, it's like, bam, it's going to be really clear. That's like, that's so exciting. That makes yeah. me like giddy thinking about it. Like, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think that's so awesome. Just that I think it's cool. Like girls and guys need to be thinking about that stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like, like you said, write it down. Like, what do you want? Why do you want yeah. it? You know, like think it through. And if it's stupid, like, I don't yeah. know, like they have to eat chicken, you know, it's like, no, okay, yeah. like you can compromise on those ones, but let's yeah, not compromise. Sure. Like you can no, compromise no, on chicken. Like don't I compromise on God, you know, like I'm not that. <laughs> <laughs> there's national borders and there's state borders. Right. Yeah. And so <laughs> I don't know. I think that's so cool that that's something that, um, that you've already kind of done and that you're looking mm-hmm. into and that you can encourage young women into. Do you have any young women in your life that you kind of invest in directly? Oh boy. Um, I wouldn't say like in an organized fashion, Mm -hmm. but I do, I feel like God has always put on my heart, like the teenage age of girls, probably Mm -hmm. because of what I went through at that age. Um, and yeah, any, any girl I get a coach that's like in high school or start like ending high school or starting high school or early years of college, like, is that what you're, is that what you're asking? Like, that's why. Yeah, that I try to, I can't help, but I won't even, you know, plan it or anything, but I can't help but like ask them so many questions about like what's going on in their life and taking time before and after class to, to kind of dive into non, non-sport related topics, um, get their number, like talk with them. Yeah, it's just, I remember like at that age, like the people who were really good to me, I will never forget them. Um, yeah. And people who I wanted to be like at that age, they were really important to me. Absolutely. And I think like the importance of a mentor, right? Of mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast on the plane back home and a guy was talking about how uh, we pursue something so fervently, but we don't pursue relationship the same way because we're scared we're going to look creepy. You know, uh, of like, yeah. like, why don't we pursue people the same way that we pursue some of the other things in our life? You know, yeah. like if you really want that mentor, like pursue him you know <laughs> totally um, and I think that's huge kind of like you're saying of like I kind of maybe needed someone in my life at that age that could have maybe saved me from a few fires or getting burned and yeah if, if I can be that for someone else I'm gonna freaking do it you know yeah 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 my uh my mom does this thing with um 
one of the public schools in our small town and it's called be the one. And she's like paired up with a high school age student, um, who, who signed up for a specific thing at their school. Who's there. They're voluntarily being like, Hey, I need like a figure in my life. Cause my parents aren't there. Hmm. My mom does that with a young girl and she's done it for years. And I, I've been thinking that I kind of want to sign up for that too, just cause yeah. it's, it's one of those things. It's like, why don't I actually do it? Like, <laughs> it's one of those things I'm always like, oh, I, I really want to do that someday. Like, someday I'll be an adult enough. <laughs> like, no, you're an adult now. Like, stop wasting time. So, yeah, that's one thing that in the future I would really like to do. And hopefully the near future because of exactly what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. I think, too, like I always encourage guys that I disciple that, man, you only have to be one step ahead of someone to disciple them, right? Or to yeah. mentor them. Like, if you're learning about quiet times and that person does not have quiet time, guess yeah. what? You can teach them, you know? <laughs> totally. Yeah. You're not going to, I mean, we're never, none of us are going to be perfect. Like, yeah. so. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think, man, that's so huge. I think finding a mentor and having someone that can pour into you and someone you respect and mm-hmm. if you don't have it pursuing that, um, it's cool that you've kind of seen the value of that in your life and, um, have a desire and a hope to then instill that in other people. So, yeah. Well, hey, Carrie, something I like to kind of ask everyone, because it's just kind of an interesting question, is what is God teaching you right now? Or what are you learning right now? Mm. He is teaching me so many things. Um, But one that pops out to me when you say that is to trust him. And that sounds simple. Um, but to <laughs> not at all. trust him, it's not simple. <laughs> it's not simple. Um I wish it was simple, but trust him. And, and what he's been teaching me is if I do look back at the last 27 years of my life, he's been showing me like, well, like I was there the whole time. Like when I thought that he wasn't there, like Carrie, look, I was right there. And then in in that moment when everything was going wrong, like I was right there, like I didn't cause that, you know, that. I didn't want that to happen to you, but I'd never left you during any of it. So, so know that I'm not going to leave you right now and know that looking into the future, like I'm, I, I think about the future a lot and I get hopeful and then I get really, really scared, um, because of, you know, things maybe not working out in in the past (laughs) and how I wanted them to, and like losing and and getting left and, and just like all these things, you know, that you go through. Um, that aren't great. <laughs> you don't want them to happen again. Yeah. Um, so I get scared thinking ahead, but but he's right there telling me like, no, but look at all this good, like, like the goodness of God. Like there's so much there that he's already done and he's never let me go. So looking forward, like I can trust, like I can trust him. It's going to yeah. be okay. So I, I think that's what he's teaching right now is like, have faith, trust in me. Like it's going to be okay. If you, if you keep your eyes on me, like it's going to be fine. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, we relate on a lot of levels. (laughs) It's like the exact same thing. I think so much for me, like I've found that, man, like I just don't, there's large points in my life where I just don't trust that God's plan for my life is better than the one that I've thought up, Yeah, you know? And so it's just like, then you breed all this anxiety and this fear of like, man, like, well, what if this doesn't happen? What if this puzzle piece doesn't fit into the equation? And what if, what Mm -hmm. if, what if, instead of like, I was listening to a, a sermon and the guy said that, um, he's like, you can have peace and no control or you can have anxiety and no control. You yeah. choose, you know, <laughs> like, hmm, which and, one do I want? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This illusion of control that like we actually, the only way we can even impact our future is to be present anyways. Right. Yeah. And so I don't know. I love that you say that. What are some ways that you found that like maybe help you trust him? Is it like kind of just being present or mindfulness, anything like that? Yeah. I was just going to say, um, you said present and I was like, Oh yeah, that, um, <laughs> Yes. Being present, um, not living for like five days ahead <laughs> or not living for what happened in the past, um, like taking one day at a time, trying to be right there, not be doing 10,000 things at a time, which I like to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, being like just being, um, trying to not just, um, I don't know, trying to take like a second, like I, I've always wanted to read more. I've always wanted to do a bunch of different things and like trying to actually fit those in. Like I can, I can make time for something that's important to me. And so, um, letting, letting those times go. And I think I've posted it like on my Instagram a couple of different times, but 
like those moments, even if it's like a check-in during the middle of the day where I just like blast a bunch of Christian music and I stretch and sing Mm -hmm. (laughs) by myself, (laughs) like that resets me. And that, that gets my head back in the game where maybe throughout the morning, I let it, let it shift back and forth to, um, back to my control, you know, and Mm -hmm. then I get really lost and then I get stressed out and then ah, it's like a a storm in there. (laughs) Um, having those moments or or like sitting down on the bike and and reading like a really, really good book. That's going to feed my, feed my head good stuff. And that's a reset. Um, or having a conversation with someone or, you know, calling, calling my sister, like having those checkpoints, I think throughout the day to remind me to be present have helped a lot. Um, and then, yeah, like I had talked about, you know, first thing you put in your, your eyes and your ears, um, when you mm-hmm. wake up and then before you go to bed too, like I yeah. do the same, I do the same thing. Like I make sure like I have like, right now I have like two different devotionals I'm reading and, and like, don't skip them. Like even if I get home late yeah. from coaching and I'm like, Oh, all I want to do is take a shower, eat dinner and like watch a show or, mm-hmm. or like, listen to music or just like do nothing like make sure you still cut out that time because you start skipping it it's going to become a habit like we talked about um and then you're going to get really lost because you're not going to make time for for god and then and then another thing like talking about being present like it's okay to i think um i think when i was little i thought that the only time i could talk to god was like if i like knelt down and said, dear <laughs> Jesus, you know, and like ended, oh, with, and ended with an amen. Like that was a prayer, but, <laughs> but realizing, and it, it goes off of the thing we talked about of him being there the whole time. Um, like I can talk to him while I'm driving to the gym. I can talk to him in the middle of a workout. Like I can, you know what I mean? I can, yeah. he's, I can talk to him all day long. Like it's an ongoing conversation. And so realizing that really does kind of ground you. And then it makes me just, my whole thought process about the future and about what's going on throughout the day and little things that want to throw you off. Like, I don't know. He just, he kind of keeps you steady. Like if you keep him there really close to you all day, it's really cool. And it's really telling when you don't do it and then you do it. (laughs) Absolutely. So what I'm hearing you say is that you haven't mastered presence, right? Presence is more of a journey than a destination. Oh, it's always a journey. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I love too, like that. It's, you have to constantly reorient, right? Like I hear people say like, like for me, it's like I preach to myself every day, daily. Like I'm not a disciplined person. I just preach to myself constantly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So no, I love that, that this idea of like captivating your thought, like, no, that's not the direction we're going. We're going this way, you know? Um, I think that's huge. And I think people think that like, man, I suck at presence. It's like, well, I suck at it too. I just have to tell myself every single day, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's just like, just as like training. Like I, if I didn't put the work and hours in and the, and ask for help from a coach and then, you know, all this other stuff, it's the exact same thing. Like you said, it's training. Yep. Absolutely. That's so huge. Well, Hey Carrie, I don't know how long you've been following Humble Daily or, um, we actually saw like you were pretty active on our posts and we were like, Carrie, who is, oh, this is awesome, you know, like, um, but we, we like to ask people too, kind of like, like, what does Humble Daily mean to you? If you see Humble Daily and stuff like that, um, it's, and not necessarily like as our brand, but just the physical yeah. words, like Humble Daily. Um, I would say first thought, I just remember, uh, like scrolling through and having it kind of pop up as like something I'd be interested in following. And, um, and so now, like after following you guys, when I see it and I'm like scrolling through Instagram, like I don't, I'll like scroll through my Instagram and, and look for only certain ones to stop at, you know, and, and take the time to like read or if it's, you know, close friends of mine, that's the ones I'll stop at. But Humble Daily is like one that I would actually stop at because I want to read what your guys' words are. And usually, usually it is like dead on, you know, God uses, <laughs> God uses <laughs> the words and I'm like, well, yep, I needed to hear that or <laughs> I need like someone I was just talking to like said this and wow, like that's going to be helpful. Um, but yeah, the words humble daily, man, uh, they kind of go along with what we've been saying. Like we're not ever going to have this all down to the finest detail. Perfect. Like we're humans, we're flawed. We live on earth. We're not in heaven yet. Um, and, and just knowing like every day, like, even though that's the case, if we choose to put Jesus first, 
like we can move forward with hope and um it's just it's just putting that all into practice yeah like that daily that daily devotion of realizing like no like he's greater he's bigger than all my problems all my shame all my doubt all my fear um if he's there though like all that gets wiped away Hmm. i love it love it well carrie if people are intrigued and want to hear more from you where can people find you at uh, Instagram. Yeah. Carrie Lane, Carrie Lane B. <laughs> Bada boom. That's awesome. And we'll link it below. Um, Carrie, thank you so much. We're so, uh, just encouraged by who you are, the, the boldness that you stand on your platform with and, uh, just all the things that you're kind of doing to try to help and facilitate a relationship with God into other people's lives. And, um, I don't think you do, I don't think you push it in people's face at all. I think you do it in love and you do it gracefully. And, uh, we're very encouraged by you and we're thankful that you're on our team. So thank you so much. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening and for tuning in this week. I hope that you'll take some of those principles and apply them to your life out there. Uh, Carrie is an amazing girl. Go follow her on Instagram at Carrie Lynn B. That's B-E-A. We're going to link that below in the show notes, so make sure you go and find her. She truly is just such a positive light, man, and she walks so well in her giftings. Uh, She's an example to all of us at Humble Daily, and we're just so glad that she's on our team, like we said there at the end. If you're in need of some coffee, guys, go use code K-N-O-W-N, known, at CodyCoffee.com and check them out. I've heard from some of you guys who have, and you did not regret it, and that makes me so happy. Hey, guys, go have a great week. Apply these principles. Don't let... Excuse me. Oh, my Lord. I think I just had a stroke. Anyways, (laughs) hey, don't let these just be principles, guys. Let them be action. Uh, We love you. Please reach out to us if there's anything we can do for you. If this was your first time listening, please subscribe. Go leave a rating type something out. It really helps us guys. We love you. We're thankful for you. Have a great week. Section by DJ Quads. Check him out in the link below in the show notes, or you can go to his YouTube channel, DJ Quads, Q-U-A-D-S.